Okay, guys. So the next session that we have is from Daryl. He'll be speaking about what your buyers actually want and why are you not delivering it. So before we start, I'd like to introduce you to Daryl. He is uh, the CRO of Vanilla Soft, and congrats, Daryl, for your uh, role change from CMO to CRO. He is also the top 19 B2B marketers to follow, 2020 top 10 SaaS branding experts. So he'll be speaking about what do buyers actually want and why are you not delivering it. Over to you, Daryl. All right. Can you hear me? Okay. Yes. Yes, Dad. We can. That's a good sign, isn't it? All right. Let me see if I can't get this presentation up here. We can show it to you. We can have some fun. All right. You see that? Okay. Yeah. All right. So let's have some fun. How's everybody doing? My name is Daryl, and uh, uh, as uh, as I was warmly introduced, I am the brand spanking new Chief Revenue Officer at VanillaSoft. Uh, previously, my title here was Chief Marketing Officer, so now I have Sales and Marketing, which just means I'm just that much closer to the door. So they uh, that's uh, that's the good joy I have right now, and what I'm looking forward to today. Though today we're talking about a topic that's near and dear to my heart. Which is how do buyers want to be sold, or said another, what do buyers want? All right, now why is it near and dear to my heart? Let me set the stage for that. In my time as chief marketing officer, you know, I own the entire stack, and I still do as CRO. So that means I have an entire team of people who all they do is make technology decisions, professional services decisions, consulting decisions to bring in and help us as an organization be better. And as such, I am targeted nonstop. So I have a rather unique position. I have the position of a buyer, and what I react to. And let me share with you. I don't want to disappoint you, but we talk amongst ourselves. We know when you are using a template that's brand spanking new, because we start to see the template in our inbox amongst ourselves, and we actually talk amongst ourselves. And we say, "Do you get that template? Do you get that template? Yeah, I got that one." So we know what you're doing, and we share and compare. Notes. So I'm going to help you today tackle how to actually approach a buyer. Now, as a CRO, I have to make sure that my own sales team is technically doing the exact same thing that I'm going to tell you. So we're going to have some fun doing that. I'm really looking forward to this. Let's get this going. All right. First things first. Let's go over here. Next slide. What do we want to know? We did a study. We did a study with the Telfer School of Management at the university here in Canada,、uh, specifically their business school, where we gave them 400 million records, and then they analyzed that down to 130 million, and they gave us a whole bunch of results. That's study number one. In that. What it was was talked about selling best practices, what we know to be true, what we know to not be true. Then we did a second study with them where we said we're going to go interview two thousand senior buying executives and we're going to ask them how do you want to buy. So the first one was what do sellers, what works for sellers. The second one is what do the buyers actually want, and then we compared the two. So I'm going to share. Those findings, some of those findings here with you today, and I'm going to just share with you some subjective stuff about what buyers actually want. And believe it or not, some of this stuff is going to rock your world. Some is going to be really obvious.、So、I'm going to walk you through it, and away we go. First things you need to know: 
we're looking at this, the study was done in three phases. In other words, how a buyer answers when they're just at the top of the funnel, but you know, they're trying to get a, you're trying to attract them is different than how they're gonna react when you're trying to convert them versus where you're trying to close them. So top, middle, bottom of the funnel. And we asked them all those questions at every step of the game. So we, we saw how their opinions changed and moved. Let's start with the first one, top of the funnel. All right, let's have some fun with this. Where do we go? So top of the funnel, what are we doing as buyers? If we are proactively seeking you out, in other words, not seeking maybe you out, but seeking a solution to a pain we have. So in other words, we're going to become an inbound lead for you, as opposed to you just cold calling me as an outbound call, which you may do. But even if you cold call me out of the blue, I'm not looking for your solution. Chances are, as soon as you call me, I'm going to turn around and behave like an inbound buyer, somebody who's looking for a solution, because I need to know who you are, what you're about, do I care, all the usual stuff. So let's just go into that. Number one, when we're looking, we want to put this gracefully. We have a very short attention span, all right? So you need to optimize your website to be found because I need you on page one of Google search results. So you should know what it is I'm looking for. You should, oh, you should read my mind. And if you don't know, you should be going and doing your own analysis of your Google AdWords, hire a consultant if you need to, or just talk to your customers and saying, if you, know, if you were looking for a solution for us, what, would, you know, what did you search for? And then start optimizing for that. We don't want to work for it. We're gonna look at the top few matches. That's the first thing you need to know. We are lazy. Buyers are lazy. Newsflash. Next, when I get to your website, I'm looking for two things right away. Again, I'm lazy, short attention span. Number one, I wanna know what do you do? Okay, so let's just stop there right away, okay? I am positive that you've got some killer technology that NASA would covet. I am amazed that you have mathematicians and scientists on your payroll that can do algorithms that would make IBM's big blue machines cringe in fear. I do not wanna see or read any of that on your homepage. I have no interest. Any technical babble, any jargon you use, any of that stuff, I will tune out. Make it consumable by somebody who is like 12 years old. That's the first thing you need to know, okay? So I need to know in a nutshell, what do you do? What's your elevator pitch? Hit me with that. Make it like dumbass stupid. And you don't need to tell me everything. Just tell me a little bit, enough to hook me. Second thing is, why do I care? Too many vendors, too many service providers are simply saying, we do this. And that means nothing to me. In other words, you're making me have to figure it out. Tell me why I care. You should know who your buyer is. You should know me. You should know me as a persona. I should be your ideal customer profile. You should know what I'm all about, the world I live in, the pains I have, the challenges I have. And you should be able to tell me in that homepage why I care. You do that. What do you do and why I care? And if it resonates with me, I'm hooked. I am there. I am not bouncing. You can't do that. Even if you cold call me, I'm bouncing. Thank you. No, thank you. Not interested. Go. So if, I, if I'm interested, the next thing I want to know is, 
do I trust you? Can you really help me or are you a scam? That's what I want to know. So are you credible? Tell me you're credible. Other brands will tell me that I recognize will tell me you're credible. Case studies of companies that I recognize will tell me that you're credible. Analyst reports of analysts I follow, not analysts that are paid for hire, will tell me that you're credible, all right? So are you credible? Which leads to the second one, which is, well, who's endorsing you? So the name is as important uh, as you know, the, the statement. Uh, as well, I need to know, for example, if I'm a small company, let's say I'm 100 employees and all your brands are from companies of 10,000 employees, I'm gonna think there's a mismatch there. I can't afford you. You're 10,000 employees. You're for tier one. I'm not tier one, I'm tier two, I'm tier three. So again, knowing your ICP and your personas, you wanna make sure that I, I actually resonate with you. So who's endorsing you? And I wanna know what do the experts say? So in other words, if I were to go down the road and buy from you, I need to know that the experts said that that was a good decision. So Gartner Group, Forrester, IDC, Anybody else you can think of that's credible, who says wonderful things, HBR, Forbes, I don't care. Industry influencers on social media whose names I recognize and follow. If they say great things, I'm in, I'm your best friend. So it's all about trust. Because remember, trust is about reducing my risk. Whenever a buyer goes down a, belt, a buying cycle, the number one thing any human is trying to do, whether you're shopping on Amazon or you're buying enterprise software, is you're shopping to reduce risk. That's what we're conditioned to do. Yes, we might like the features and the bells and the whistles, but if we're not reducing risk, then we're out of here. So you gotta reduce my risk. Do I like you? That's what you're trying to make me make sure I like you. Finally, if I'm really intrigued and I got all this far and yet I hit a gate, I hit a form where I have to enter in 40,000 fields, I'm out of here. I'm bouncing. I don't have time. All right. So stop gating your content. I can get it from elsewhere. Your competition is probably not gating it. So, or if you are going to gate it, make it worth something. So for example, let's say you had a white paper or an ebook on your site. I can see it for free if you want on the actual website. But if I were to ask for, oh, I don't know, a, a PDF of that, well, then maybe that would require uh, me to give you a gate. That's reasonable. I understand that at that point in time. So you can do that. So those are some considerations for you to think about. All right, so that's all of that. Finally, I would say to you, ditch the pitch, okay? That's a really, really, really big thing. You guys are all talking about your products and how they're great, and you're pitching me right away. Even in your messaging, whether it's on the phone, like an outbound call, or it's on your website or anywhere else, your social media, all you do is pitch, 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 pitch. If I go to your social media feed and all I see is you talking about yourself, I'm out of here, all right? I need a relationship. So that's the top of the funnel. So let's go into some of the data that we found in this study, which makes it kind of interesting. So the, the data is kind of color. First things, how do we find you? Well, here's what's really interesting, all right? So where are you spending your money? Where do buyers use? First thing on the need stage, top of the funnel, number one is word of mouth. So let me ask you that. Do you have people out there who will give word of mouth? So if I know somebody and you're targeting me, have you gone to my network on LinkedIn and found a common ally and then use that approach to get a hold of me and say, Billy Bob said you, we should talk? Word of mouth is number one. Number two is review sites, G2, Captera, Trust Radius. Have you invested in review sites? Because here's the irony, I'm not gonna believe you. You're a vendor, 
but I will believe absolute strangers. So review sites, then we go Google. I mentioned Google already. Then it's contact by a salesperson, and then it's trade shows, and then it's social media way down there. So you're all doing social selling, that's great. That's not, you could use that to get reach me, but that's not necessarily how I'm gonna find you. So you gotta make sure you're making investments in organic search and in review sites. And when you, if you're gonna target me in word of mouth referrals, people that we both know. That's what the buyers are telling us. Next, middle of the funnel. It's always about the buyer. It's about me, it's not about you. Got news number one. So give an example. You will send me a connection request all the time. Hey, Daryl. We are a X and Y, Z software solution product service provider and we do this for so-and-so. That's great. What do I care? Doesn't matter to me. You sent me emails to say, to say hey Daryl, can I have 10 minutes on your schedule? We do this. What to do? What's in it for me? It's about me, not about you, all right? So don't waste my time talking about you. I don't, at this point in time, I don't really care about your features. What I care about is can you solve my problem? So I don't necessarily care how you do it. I just wanna know, can you fix my problem? Talk about me, my industry, my pains, see if I've got those problems. If you're gonna tell me all your features and leave it hanging there, then you're forcing me to map it. Oh, they have that feature. I wonder if that feature will help me with that problem. The challenge with that, of course, is that I may get it wrong and you don't want me to get it wrong. So if you're gonna do the, the feature pitch, you would say, we have, this feature we have this feature, and this should matter to you because you have this problem. So this feature will fix this problem because it does this. And all of a sudden I go, oh, I get it. I didn't have to work for it. You understood my problem. You were talking about me, and then you draw it back to what you offer. Now I see why I should be talking to you. So next. Too many you get on, you just want to dump on me. You want to do that pitch. We do this, we do this. Stop it. Stop it. Ask me questions. Ask, don't ask me how my day's going. Don't, you know, if I pick up that phone, for example, I already know it's a cold call. So don't ask me how my day's going. Don't waste my time. Remember I said don't waste my time? Don't waste my time. Just get right into it. Be fast. You got 10, 12 seconds to get my attention and then I'm making a decision. In that process, ask me questions, all right? Drill down on me. I will give you answers. Make them smart questions, all right, about my business. And then do not ask questions just so you can go check. I, I got a, an answer. Now I can ask my next question. No, stop that. Listen to my answers. I will know if you're not listening. I will know if you've got a script you're following and I will tune out. But I will also know if you're actively listening. And then you want to drill down a little bit and you're probing to understand. You're probing to understand. Now I feel like maybe you can help me because you're actually probing to understand. You're giving me time. You're being consultative. Use my language. Whatever terminologies I use are what you should use. So for example, on Vanilla Software, a sales engagement platform. When I sell to a B2B company, I talk about sales and sales reps. But my same solution can be used in fundraising situations like in higher education. When they're doing that, I'm talking to agents, not sales reps, all right? So, or ambassadors, or alumni. Different language, use my language. I mentioned already, talk about me, talk about me, use my name, my name is Daryl. Now don't be so overt, Daryl, 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 then we pick up on it. But you know, let's establish a rapport. You're my colleague. You need to you know, puff your chest up, put your shoulders back, and talk to me as a colleague, not as if you're afraid of me. All right, do that, engage with me. 
This is huge. Adapt to my communication and my buying preferences, all right? You may like email, but I might like the phone. Don't stick to email if I like the phone. You know what I'm saying? Because it doesn't matter what you like, it matters what I like. Because aren't you trying to get a sale here? So if I'm more inclined to talk to you on the phone, then that's how you should go. For many people who are young, you're afraid of the phone. For many people who are more established in your career, you're afraid of social media. The fact of the matter is you don't know how I like to communicate until you figure that out. So don't just stick with one form of communication. Try me on email, try me on phone, try me on social media. I will react to one of them eventually. Usually the one I bias, I prefer the most, is where you should continue to have the conversation. Don't stalk me. If you had a gate on your website and I filled it out, I'm fine, I really want this ebook, I'm gonna fill it all out. I do not wanna hear that phone ring 30 seconds after I hit submit. If you do, I will not answer it ever, ever, ever. If you're stalking me, if, if, if I get a connection request, 30 seconds later on LinkedIn, I'm not answering. Give me time to breathe, to consume the content. And finally, at this stage of the game, what I need you to do is I need you to add value. You're the expert at what you do. I've got the problem. I need you to help me avoid those mistakes. So stop pitching, start teaching. Be that consultative salesperson. So what are some great stats here? This, I mentioned, I said, hit me on the channel I like. So when we're at that search stage, that middle of the funnel, number one amongst all the buyers, those 2,000 executives, was email. That's what we like, all right? But number two was phone. Many people are shocked when they see this. And you'll see phone just goes higher and higher and higher the deeper into the sales cycle you get. Social media, it just drops like a rock, all right, so social media is good for a first touch, it's good for establishing a rapport, a bond, but other than that, social media is not doing much for you according to the B2B buyers. Ah, speed of contact, I said, don't stalk me. So we asked the buyers, when do you want to be contacted if you filled out a form? Now, when I did the, the study of the 400 million records that went down to 130 million, the successful answer was anywhere from 20 minutes to an hour. That's statistically what 130 million interactions leading to a successful next step said. But when we asked the buyers, what they said was, don't call me within you know, five minutes, you know, 23% said fine. Almost half of them said later that day, they're saying three, four hours. A third of them said almost in 30 minutes. So what's the magical answer if I combine these two? If you get a hot lead, someone's on your website, they fill out a form, give them at least a half an hour to maybe two hours max. That's kind of your magic window when you can follow up with them. Speed is important. Do not wait days, it will kill you. All right, when you reach out to me as a buyer, what is it that I want to see from you? What competency do I look for? Number one, almost 90% across the board. I wanna know that you understand my business needs. So if you're a newbie and you're selling and you, don't, you, you barely know how to demo your solution and you don't know jack squat about my industry and what I'm in, stop, you're not ready to sell. You need to learn about me and the world I'm in. Number two though, is product knowledge. So if I recognize that you know me and my world, then, I'm, then I, wanna, I want you to tell me how your product, your solution, your service can help me solve my world. Gets interesting, 68% said industry knowledge. Do we know the same people, the same players? Do we attend the same events? That's another form of validation. Do you know the competition? So half of them, 
I may be looking at a competitive solution. If you can tell me why you compare and contrast, that would be a value. So those are the things that we value the most as buyers. Now, I love this last little one. You folks will be out there selling and we'll have a conversation and then you say, great, let's do a demo or let's have a next meeting, whatever it might be. And I'll say, yeah, let's do that. Or you maybe you'll just cold called me or you just touched me on LinkedIn for the first time and I agree to a first meeting. Either way, in those situations, we need to schedule the date. He, we asked everybody, we asked the buyers, how, what is your preference for setting an appointment? Now, the vast majority of you would love to send these wonderful little links, Calendly or what have you, and it just says, pick a time. The problem with that, for many people, I am part of this group, we view that as if you're saying, here's a link to my calendar, I'm the salesperson, uh, I'm really busy, so you pick a time that fits and works for me, the salesperson. We go, wait a minute, we're the buyer. Why am I picking a time that works for you? We need to pick a time that works for me. This is the psychology. So what was cool, we said, what do you prefer? 41% of the buyers said they like when you do that. They like when you send just a link. So you're thinking to yourself, hey, that's number one. Well, you're right, that's the biggest piece of the pie, but it's also only one of the three pieces. So less than half, not a majority said they prefer that. A third said, I like it when you propose times. I'm available Monday at this time and Wednesday at this time and a Friday at that time, pick a time. And a quarter said, I like it when you do both. So you add that up, almost 60%, almost two thirds say, don't just send me a link. Propose sometimes or give me a link if those times don't work. That's what we like if you want to get us to actually follow through and book time with you. So that's how buyers like to buy. Bottom of the funnel, what do you got to do? You got to manage the risk, all right? Manage my risk and help me plan for success. So part of that, you want to close this deal as a buyer, help me create a business case, all right? Don't leave it up to me. I don't know what I'm doing half the time. I really don't. Somebody gave me some budget, maybe my first time ever with budget. I don't know what I'm doing. Help me make that case. Teach me how to get my other stakeholders on side. I just know my world. I don't know their worlds. So if you can help me get them on side, show me how. Maybe you talk to them. Maybe you listen to what their needs are and make sure it's in the proposal. I'd be really helpful. I'm really grateful for that one. Be transparent. You want to lose a deal? This is the fastest way to lose a deal, not being transparent. So if you're going to send me a contract, I better not find any surprises in the fine print. If you've got an auto renewal, you better have told me that in advance. Don't try to sneak it through on me. If you've got a price increase when this agreement renews, you better tell me in advance. If you have marketing requests, press release, case study, and you didn't tell me, whew, all of these are areas that will cause me to walk. Because now suddenly I feel like you're trying to scam me. You're being disingenuous. You're lying to me. Be above board. Otherwise, this deal is done or definitely stalled. Understand I will never, ever, ever pay full price. You gotta be prepared to give me something. You figure it out. Maybe you inflate your price so you can drop it down again. I don't care. I'm not gonna pay full price. I gotta have something because the first thing my CFO is gonna say is, what discount did you get for us? Never make me feel like a transaction and then check in on the sale afterwards. Remember, renewals happen all the time. I need to know you're there for me. So wrapping it all up, what do we learn out of this? comes down from the information sources. I need word of mouth. I need review sites. All right. That's where I'm going to go. That's really, really important. And then contacting with the salesperson is going to increase throughout the sales cycle. You need to be fast, but not too fast. And your speed to lead. All right. So I'd say 30 minutes to 24 hours. Don't wait a day or more.
Communication channels matter. It's as simple as that. Don't stick to what you're comfortable with. Don't just do one. Use the phone. I know it's scary. Use email. I know you'll have no problem with that one. Use social media. I know that's scary too. Hell, use texting if it makes sense in your industry, all right? Use video in your email. I love video. Send me a message on LinkedIn, a voice message. Lots of ways. Figure out how I want to talk to you. And finally, show me that you're competent. Demonstrate that you are a subject matter expert because I want to trust you and I want to learn from you. You do all of that, and my friend, I will buy from you. I guarantee it. Whew, how did I do? Hey, Daryl, that was very, very insightful and very informative. Thank you so much for the presentation. I'll quickly take up the questions now uh, because I think sure. we're running a little bit late. Uh, so yeah, the first question that we have is how to set the right expectation with your customer to avoid the promise to delivery gap? Oh my gosh, this goes back to what I was saying in the very beginning. Just be proactive. You want to do probing, probing, probing questions to understand all my pains and you want to listen and you want to play back to me. So what I heard you say was this, and then you want to tell me, I can't do A and B, but I can do C, D and E. And here's the impact it's going to have. But here's a workaround for A and B. Maybe it's me. Maybe it's my competition. Maybe it's some third party. Maybe it's a partner. I don't know, but just communicate. You do that. I don't expect you to have a perfect solution. Just tell me what you can and cannot do. And we're good. Honest, be transparent. The next question that we have is uh, how can I uncover and undiscover need of a customer and deliver? Okay, the simplest thing is you have to, if you know my, me, my industry, my, I'm, the, I'm your ideal customer profile, you know the persona, then you know the problems I probably have. So when you are doing that discovery, that disco process, you're asking me intentional questions that you've designed to uncover the very things that you know you can fix. Right. Whenever I tell you this is my problem, you need to go down deeper and, and say things like why, tell me more, tell me more, tell me more. Sounds stupid, but just why, uh-huh, tell me again. Why is that? Just doing that, I'll keep on going deeper and deeper and deeper because nine times out of 10, when I tell you I have a problem, what I'm really telling you is I have a symptom of a bigger problem. And by you drilling down, you're gonna get to that bigger problem. Don't just rely on one person. Talk to the other stakeholders. In aggregate, we'll be able to tell you when you talk to all of us, what the big problem is. Mm -hmm. Right, right. So next one that we have is from Sam, he asks, Buyers are changing faster than sellers. How can seller match up to the pace of the buyers? Oh, that's an easy one, Sam. I love it. Just get involved in the industry. The best place is often social media, LinkedIn if you're B2B, could be Facebook, could be Twitter, could be uh, uh, Slack groups that are popping up everywhere. Get involved. You can start as, off as lurking, but if you really want to make, become a, a, a sales rock star, get involved in the conversation. And getting involved doesn't mean you necessarily have to be an expert, even though I'm telling you competency matters. It could be a, tell me more. Why is that? I want to understand. Us seeing your name is going to do wonders for you when you call me, because I'm going to say, oh, it's Sam. Sam, you were on LinkedIn. You were on that Slack group. Oh, Sam, it's so great to hear from you. So that's my advice to you. Just immerse yourself. Don't try to wing it. No shortcuts. Be part of my tribe. The next question that we have is, you discover that your promise does not comply with the real need of the customer. Then how do you deal with that? Okay, so there's two ways you can deal with that. So it's not matching up the need of the customer. So that could be that you drill down even more and more and more and see if there's 
an area to at least get a, a partial sale, maybe a, a subset of what you offer for a smaller, smaller pane that they've identified that you can get in there. And you're taking a longer term view, which is I'm just going to get in, I'm going to establish myself, and then I'm going to get to know the people at, who work there, and I'm gonna, then I'm going to land and I'm going to expand. So yeah, it won't be a big sale, it's going to be a little sale, but I'll land and expand, that's one option. The other option is you don't, you leave. You know why you leave? It's really simple. Your time is money. You're in sales. If you spend time trying to make me a sale, even though you've already determined you're, I'm not going to be a good fit for you, all you're doing is taking time away from developing other business opportunities. And at the end of the day, you're paid to do that and you're commissioned to do that. So why are you wasting time with me? Uh, so you mentioned stop getting your content. How do you generate yes. leads via content then? <laughs> That's an awesome question. Okay, I love it. Okay, so there's lots of ways you can generate leads still, okay? So I'll go through a handful, but I'm not gonna tell you anything you probably don't already know. So a webinar which requires a registration, that's fine. We're all conditioned, because I'm gonna commit to you 30, 45, 60 minutes, not unlike this, all right? What we're doing right now, that's fine, all right? Because I'm gonna, I'm gonna get content. We're just, we're just, we're conditioned. Webinars are fantastic. So if you have very highly segmented lists that you're inviting to your webinar, because you're targeting your ICP, then their attending is by default an expression of interest. Depending on what the fields are on your form, they may instantly become marketing qualified because you know they have the right job title, they're in the right industry, they're in the right size company. Those ones go on to sales to pursue right away. What did you think of the webinar? Why did you sign up? What did you think of what Daryl said? And the discovery process starts. Or if they don't match, then they get nurtured and they get scored or graded and eventually they get passed over to them. So webinars are one way. Organic is huge, all right? If you've got fantastic content, so organic needs SEO, that needs content. If you've got fantastic content, they will reach out to you. They will, they will reach out and say, tell me more. They'll engage on your chat, your live chat. They'll fill out a form, all right? Um, so SEO is my number one, personal, it's my number one source of leads. Plus it's got the highest intent because I know what they were searching for in the first place. Paid ads, exact same way. High content, high SEO, overwhelm them with content, overwhelm them with expertise. They will engage with you on live chat. They will respond to your emails. If you're sending a newsletter out, they will respond and then say, tell me more. I get more leads from LinkedIn, people coming to me unsolicited. Hey, Daryl, I saw you speak here. I saw you say there. I want to learn more. You need to be doing the same thing. So finally, influencers. So if you get connected with influencers, like Instagram, but they do this on LinkedIn, they do this on Facebook. You know, there are influencers out there who do their own webinars, who do paid endorsements, and they have their own followers. Part of your sponsoring them means you get their lists. So those are just a handful of ways. Thank you, Daryl. Thank you so much for joining us today. We'll take up the other questions probably in mails and you can answer them for our audiences. And yeah, again, thank you for joining us. Thank you, folks. I had a lot of fun. Hey, thank you for watching the recording. Do check us out at Ampers B2B Bench for more such killer content. Also, don't forget to go to www.amplus.com and book your free demo for Amplus Enterprise version to rate your next customer.